1: My name is the muscle smash wrestling's hottest free agent i toss bodies and wheel hotties and you're listening to the scumbags of wrestling podcast
0: hello everybody and this is the scumbags wrestling podcast my name is sean coming from london ontario canada and we're doing it first uh thanks to chris maloney over at the sharpshooter podcast he has uh got us hooked up doing live on uh, youtube and we'll see how this goes people can uh, link in to us reach us ask us any questions and us being myself and chris maloney from the shirt shooter podcast how are you chris
1: i'm good it was just kind of weird because um as you're doing your intro i just i went over to the actual youtube uh, um uh, link and uh, there was like you talking but then there was also it, it's kind of funny now you're actually talking on youtube as oh there i am but yeah it's kind of weird so don't try to watch youtube the same time um as you're doing a recording it kind of trippy so yeah I'm anyways uh, yeah but like i was saying in the, the last show we just did trial and error so it's uh it's exciting it's a, a new format for for both shows so uh, yeah it's uh um excited to see where we can go with this
0: yeah and uh as you said reason for doing this is the fact that we're going to be heading. A lot of shows over the next uh, couple of months, including here in London and Toronto, and that's not just Smash Wrestling, but also WWE. And so, why not try this experiment and see what we can do and be more interactive?
1: And um, on that note, uh, free advertising and behind me as well. So it's uh, uh, we can get the we can get the word out about both of our brands.
0: Very nice shirt. I got the podcast shirt on. So. Anybody who's looking for one of those shirts, they can uh, contact us. We uh, do our shirts through Twisted Tees out of uh, Alora. So, yeah, they're only twenty five dollars. And as you saw, we got the two designs: the one that Chris has and the podcast one. So, it is Scumbags Podcast. We normally start off with the indie scene, and especially with Smash Wrestling. So, it's only appropriate that we start with this Sunday, right here in London, Ontario, at the London Music Hall. Door opens at 4 o'clock with the first bell at 5, and it's Get Your Fight On, presented by Smash Wrestling. Excuse me. So we'll run down the card, give your thoughts on uh, what we're going to see, and see how close we are on it. We'll start off with Alec Realm of the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory taking on another Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory member in Jim Strider. Strider is going to be part of the Northern Tournament the following week. What do you see happening in this match, Chris?
1: Um, between the two, uh, definitely contrast to styles. I mean, um, Alec Realm is uh, a very gifted athlete. I mean, he's, uh, you know, one of the high-flying types. Strider, on the other hand, just a natural kind of, um, you know, the purebred wrestler so to speak he um reminds me a lot in, in comparison wise to and and i i am assuming that you'll probably be talking about aew uh, uh you know probably sometime this show but um strider reminds me of hangman page uh the comparisons between the two now obviously strider's got a long way to go but um uh, i think uh strider has a has a good future ahead of him and um in this match even though like i said both are you know, uh, uh, gifted and talented everything else, Um, the strider for the win in this one.
0: Excellent. Uh, Okay, so another person from the Tyson Dix Wrestle Factory is Violet Lee, London's own Violet Lee, teaming up with The Muscle, her mentor, trainer, inspiration, um, taking on Kill Screen,
1: the team of Anthony Gaines and hacker Scotty O'Shea. So this one kind of baffles me because you've got O'Shea, who is one of the most underrated as far as smash wrestling and the Ontario independent scene goes. Uh, teaming with Gaines, who a bit of a wild card in him. He's, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, they, you got both of those guys and, and immensely talented, but how do you put them up against the muscle and, and Violet Lee? I mean, Violet Lee, um, to my knowledge, first time she's ever been in the mix kind of intergender tag team match. Uh, so as far as this goes, um, you know, it's it could go either way, but I, I think if anybody's going to take the fall, it's going to be Gaines. And I, I think, um, you know, Muscle probably have something to do with it, but uh, I see Violet Lee pinning uh, Gaines in this one.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, Violet and Muscle should hopefully win this one. It's just an interesting contrast in Styles because... When you think of Muscle and Violet Lee, especially with everything they've done lately with getting the chain after every win, they're kind of a comedy-ish type act, and Kill Screen is anything but comedy. They're more of a hard-hitting, especially with Scotty also been doing the hardcore matches they were supposed to have with Kevin Blackwood. There's two different styles going on there, but I do see Violet Lee and Muscle pulling at the victory.
1: I just so I just want to make an announcement just uh, before you go into the next match. Uh, you have your first official chatter on YouTube right now. It's uh, uh, Somebody known as Canadian blu-ray and they're saying hi totally can't wait for Sunday. So I uh, already got you've already got chatters
0: Awesome. This would be Daniel. Hello, Daniel and welcome to the chat. So Chris is going to be monitoring uh, anything that is said and we can uh, pop in with any comments Feel free to invite others to the conversation, Daniel. Uh, the more the better. And we'll carry on with another match on this card coming up on Sunday. And that's
1: Brent Banks, one of the pillars, taking on the leader of Disgraceland, John Greed. Uh, this one here, it's um, must, as much as I'm a fan of Brent Banks, uh, it's going to go to John Greed. Uh, no way in the world you're going to take Uh, You know what's going on with that group and the way they're getting the exposure right now and kill it Uh, So I see John Greed not without the help of his, you know, his trenchmen, so to speak, but I see John Greed going over in this one
0: Yeah, I would uh, tend to agree. You got Albright and Logan who are definitely uh, embedded into this Graceland and uh, They're going to be not too far behind their leader as opposed to Brent Banks, who is part of the pillars, but the other three pillars are going to be busy with their own respective matches that are coming up in that uh, card. So, unfortunately, Brent Banks is going to take another loss, I see, and Disgrace is going to establish himself a little bit more. Moving on, we got the tag team titles on the
1: line with Halal Beefcake taking on Fight or Flight. So this one here, um, I don't know too much about Fight or Flight. Um, I've watched some of their promo stuff just recently on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, as far as this match goes, how, how else, man, that's tough to say. <laughs> HB, is the, the Beefcake guys, uh, the Beefers, I'm going to call, call them the Beefers. The Beefers are going to take this one, retain the championship, especially with their alliance with Kevin Bennett. Um, no way in the world that... Um, uh, do, you're not going to see all three as champion as part of the Kevin Bennett experience and Bennett hasn't achieved that yet. So until Bennett achieves that, you won't see uh, the beefers losing.
0: Yeah. I think it's still too early for your hello beefcake to lose the titles. Um, the last time we saw fight or flight in London, it was mind blowing how they were going all around. I believe they were against uh, Jason Kincaid and, uh So the team of the Renegades, the Neon Ninja, um, and also two guys from the uh, Russell Factory, including Alec Realm, who took a a hellacious dropkick from the Renegades. But they wowed the crowd, but it's not gonna be enough to take the tag team titles. So I got Halal Beefcake uh, retaining. Moving on, we have The Blade, formerly known as Pepper Parks taking on mike bailey and he wowed the crowd the last time in london when he took on kevin bennett and that match is now posted for free for people to get another taste of mike bailey before the sunday what do you see happening in that match
1: um it's tough because bailey is very gifted very talented guy um but i mean the way the blade and the butcher are going um you know, I could possibly, you could possibly see a DQ. And, and when I say that, it's because when you get the blade, Butcher's not far behind. So the fact is if you've got Butcher at ringside, um, you know, I see, yeah, that's my prediction right there. You know what? Bailey picks up the win, but picks up the win by DQ, uh, gets uh, basically his ass beat after the match is over. Um, and then who makes the save but Psycho Mike Rollins in his return to smash wrestling. So there's my prediction right there.
0: Yeah, that's a good uh, prediction. And, uh, Yeah, anything can happen. I don't think uh, the Butcher's going to be too far behind, as you said. And it was announced that Psycho Mike is set to return, yet he's not on this uh, card. So it makes sense. And in the first round of the tournament, happening six days later in the Northern, we have the Blade against Psycho Mike. So it all makes sense. And, uh, yeah, I see this being a... Good high-flying match to begin with, but either no decision or the Blade is going to win. Uh, Moving on to the rest of the card, we've got two matches left. And that's Sebastian Suave of the Pillars taking on TJP, the first Cruiserweight champion and winner of the CWC. He's making his debut with Smash on Sunday.
1: So, uh, funny you just mentioned that match. I asked uh, Daniel in the chat there what match he was looking forward to the most, and he said TJP versus Sebastian, and I put winner. He hasn't responded yet, but uh, I'll wait and see who he picks. Um, As far as my pick goes, it's going to be TJP. Uh, If you look uh, behind me right there, there is an action figure of him hoping to get signed. Um, He is one of the most gifted guys who I've seen the past couple years. Uh, To know his backstory is absolutely amazing. Um, but furthermore, Sebastian Suave needs his ass kicked in this one because he needs to make a decision whether or not he's gonna be face or heel. And uh again, maybe we get to see the blowout between him and Anthony Kingdom James, or maybe we get to see the blowout between him and maybe Tarek. Um, you know, who who knows what's gonna happen. But uh I see uh TJP no way in the world he's losing this one.
0: Yeah, I would agree. TJP uh is phenomenal. This is an opportunity for him to re-hit the uh indie scene after leaving WWE, and uh, there's that uh, conflict between Anthony Kingdom James and Sebastian Suave of where his loyalty is going to be whether it's with the Pillars or with Kingdom and there's more drama to happen I see this Sunday between the two and Kingdom could be the one who caused Sebastian the uh, win as well
1: Yeah, uh, just for the record, Daniel picks TJP as well, so it looks like all three of us.
0: Excellent. And the main event involves two matches that are going to happen the following weekend during the Northern Tournament, squished into one match. Carter Mason has been going after Tyson Dukes, trying to get a match with him, and they're in the match along with the number one contender, Kevin Bennett, and the current Smash Wrestling Champion, Tarek.
1: No, I I think you said in a previous... um, Show that uh, titles is not in the line in this one, right? Yeah, it's non title. So, saying it's non title, I'm going to pick uh, Kevin Bennett for the win. I see um, with the fact the Northern tournament is coming up and Kevin Bennett getting his title shot, I think this would be leverage. Um, so, uh, I think you're going to see Kevin Bennett win this one, have some bragging rights for the next week, week and a half or so, and then go into the Northern tournament with, uh, with basically a win over the current Smash Wrestling champion, Tarek.
0: I would uh, concur with that one. I'm thinking as you're talking that uh, since Mason has wanted his match with Tyson Dukes and they're going to be in the first round of the tournament, they might actually take each other out of this Fatal 4-Way. You also have the tag team champions of Halal Beefcake still in the building, and that could end up being a three-on-one situation with Kevin Bennett and Tarek. And perfect opportunity to prove your dominance and go in with a lot of momentum as you challenge on night number two at the tournament, and could be uh, Kevin Bennett's time. So that is Get Your Fight On happening this Sunday, May 26th at the London Music Hall. Doors opening at 4 p.m., first bell at 5. More tickets are available or still available at smash wrestling.com, and they range from $25 for general admission and $45 for VIP seating if there's anything left. Then we move right back along the calendar to the Northern Tournament, which we've talked about a whole bunch of times during that review of Get Your Fight On because there's a lot of things that will happen Sunday to reflect what's going to happen uh, six days later during the Northern. And we'll just bring up the card for the Northern Tournament because it's two nights. Last year was one night and two shows. This time they're split into two. It's going to happen at the Franklin Horner Community Center in Toronto, and that is on June 1st and June 2nd. Both Chris and I are going to it, and, uh, yeah, we'll just bring up the card. There is Carter Mason against uh, Tyson Dukes in the first round. The Butcher versus Psycho Mike Rollins. Uh, Lefisto taking on Sebastian Suave. Jason Kincaid against Jim Strider. Ultimo Dragon against Matt Cross. Mike Bailey versus John Greed. Eva Luno against Anthony Green. Josh Briggs against Stu Grayson. And that's just on first uh, night. All the winners will go to the second day on June 2nd. And they will... Ballot out to be go to the Fiddle Four way finals. And then also during night two, Kevin Bennett has a wrap-off against Chaclair. Jody Threat's going to be in action. And the tag team titles are on the line as Hello Beefcake take on a team called Lotus. I've have no idea who Lotus is. I'm going to be looking forward to checking them out between now and next week when we do our actual review and predictions for Super Show, I mean, for the Northern Tournament. And included that, they just announced that the pre-show for the night two is going to be free. No ticket needed unless you have, well, except for having a ticket to the second night. And that has doors opening at 12 with a meet and greet at the stars. There's a... Friends of uh, Smash Wrestling Bonus Show, I've heard that the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory is going to be part of that. Uh, there's the Wrestlers versus Fans Wrestling Trivia at 3pm and 4.30 Can't believe this is actually happening but The Muscle is going to be reading Everybody Poops. Now, there was talk that they were going to read a children's book. The children might have to read to Muscle but the booking choice is everybody poops, and five o'clock is night number two of the Northern Tournament. So, without us analyzing what's going to happen, what are you looking forward to next weekend, Chris?
1: Uh, four words: Ultimate Dragon, Lufisto. I guess that's only three words, but uh, anyways, um, you know, Ultimate Dragon. I I think I said this last week as well. I've been a huge fan of. Um, not necessarily his WWE run but his WCW and everything he did in Mexico and New Japan. Um, Lufisto for you know various reasons, but the main one being the fact is you know and the whole time I've known that she's existed as a wrestler, which is you know almost a decade and a half at this point, I've only get to see her wrestle once live um, and knowing this is her farewell tour, it'll be uh, be something to see. Um, I wouldn't mind, I, I, I don't know if she'll win the tournament. I think it'd be pretty cool if she did, but hopefully they, uh, they you know, let her go far in this one. Um, it'd be interesting to see, too, some of the, um, you know, the um, younger wrestlers against some of the more veterans, uh, you know, Carter Mason against Tyson. Uh, I think you said Jim Strider is facing, uh, who's, who's Jim Strider facing again? Jason Kincaid. Jason Kincaid from the, the tag team there. Um, some of these guys I'm still getting used to as far as uh, who they are, but, um, I know, uh, Kincaid at the, uh, the last show here in London, the uh, tag team match that they're in, um, you know, just, he's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, when I first saw him, I was, you know, I think he was selling merch or something like that. And I was like, okay, who is this guy? And all of a sudden you see him in the ring. It's like, holy crap, you know, gifted guy. Uh, and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the smash talent, that's who they are just completely gifted, just, um. So it'll be interesting to see how the tournament plays out. Um, the rap battle, you know, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Bennett, I think is probably going to end up on the losing end of that one in more ways than one um, muscle reading just is a phenomenal sight as it is. And then uh, the fatal four way. It's phenomenal because muscle reads. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, if he gets stuck, just maybe, uh, give him his spinach, bring the Animal Crackers in and a, a way he continues, but uh, I, I think all in all, it's it's for the fan experience that Smash is presenting on June 1st and 2nd, uh, not just the name value of the guys who are coming in, uh, but the fact is, you know, the, the fans versus wrestlers, as far as the uh, trivia goes, and just, uh, just the overall atmosphere, it's going to be June 1st and 2nd for Smash. It's going to be absolutely amazing, and I, I remember when you were talking, I think it was this time last year, about Tyson and Tyson saying they're going to make this into a two-day tournament. And then, sure enough, it, it's happened. And uh, it's, it's going to be a better fan experience because everything's not just going to be one one and done and and rushed, you know. So, um, anyways, I'm uh, going on and on and on. I am excited about this, and I uh, can't wait to uh, to go next weekend to Toronto to uh, to check all this out.
0: I can tell you, last year definitely wasn't a rushed atmosphere because they uh, didn't even get to do the break that they were supposed to do to kick us out of the building and reload and reset everything and it went a full night and like it was a good eight hours I think including the meet and greets and intermissions Uh, but I think it was probably just too much for them to do all in one shot and that's why they did split it up but it's amazing that they were able to set up all the extra things that they're doing on Sunday with the uh, trivia and the storybook reading and uh, the factory being there. So it's going to be a great uh, show. Heading on to the rest of the uh, summer of uh, Smash, this Northern Tournament isn't the only tournament they're doing. They've teamed up with five other organizations uh, throughout North America to present the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational Tournament, and the winner of it will actually get a Smash Wrestling tag team title match against whoever the champions are and the organizations have narrowed theirs down over uh, the last couple of weeks and i think still are in the case of smash wrestling they had uh you in the blade lose to the pillars and kill screen i forget who they went against at the moment but they ended up uh, advancing to the second round and they beat the pillars to advance to the final or the semifinals which is happening July 6th at just at water or just at wrestling uh the Franklin Horn Community Center on July 6th the f- second night on July 7th at 10 10 10 will be the finals of the tournament happening right here in London at the London Music Hall the Added bonus for both those shows is that former WWE wrestler and London's own Sean Spears is going to be at those two shows. And we just heard Sean's going to be also at AEW this weekend at Double or Nothing. So that's a huge uh, grab for Smash Wrestling to have. Your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny you mention all this, and especially with the Northern as well. Was it Matt Riddle that faced Mia Yim last year at the, at the Northern? That is correct, and he's coming out to NXT right now. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say I'm watching NXT on the background here, it's got uh, – looks like Matt Riddle and Johnny Gargano. There's some more smash name for you. Uh, but to take on – I think they're taking on an Undisputed Era coming up. But um, it's absolutely amazing to see some of the, the, the transition and the progress some of these guys make uh, going from the Canadian indie scene maybe in between pro stops to now all of a sudden Johnny Wrestling is – tag team of matt riddle who both guys are smash you know uh, and, uh names um johnny and like i said i never was part of watching smash back then but uh he was you said he was champion as long as tyson dukes was I eh?
0: yeah we're 430 plus days
1: and here he is nxt champion on your tv right now so it's uh it is kind of cool um as far as the the shows that are coming up um the you know, the tag team tournament is going to be phenomenal. And I think I said this last week as well as the fact is a decade and a half ago, decade ago, you never saw Ontario promotions interacting like this. So it it is cool for the promotions themselves is it's amazing for the talent because they're getting the work, they're getting the exposure. um, And then again, for, you know, the, uh, the fans and the companies and everything that goes along with it. It's like, we're, we're all winning in this case. Um, with regards to the finals and everything else taking place here in London, I can't wait because not only are we getting to see that, but we're also getting to see Sean Spears make his return to London. Um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, Sean's one of the nicest guys, uh, you know, that uh, I've ever heard about in, in the uh, Ontario, you know, independent uh, circuit. So can't wait to see them, you know, see him back in London and, uh I mean, basically, the the show's coming up June, July. They're just getting started for Smash. It's a huge August coming up for them.
0: Yep, Uh, finishing off July. Smash Wrestling is coming back to Dresden on July 13th. Uh, That's part of their charity event uh, set up by uh, Jay Smith uh, in support of the Dresden uh, Junior Kings hockey team. Last year, we had 20 tickets. We had 20 tickets again for this event and we're just hoping to uh, support the Junior Kings and get some good wrestling at the same time. So hit us up for any of those tickets. Whether you email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, we want to get a good group there and support Jay Smith and the uh, hockey team. July 21st, new kids on the block, Uh, not the band. It's the actual name of the next uh, Smash Wrestling show hitting the Tannery Event Center in Kitchener. That's uh, Scott Hunter's stomping grounds. And then, as you alluded to, August is going to be huge because it's also SummerSlam weekend, but Smash is making their presence known, and they're going to be at the Midtown Event Theater in Toronto, and they're going to be there on the 7th for Smash versus Progress, and that's going to be at 8 o'clock. That's actually a Wednesday, uh, and then on Thursday, the 8th, WXW Ambition 11 at 4 p.m. Also, on the 8th, Progress Wrestling is doing their show uh, at 8 p.m. Then, August 9th, WXW is going to have a show at 4 p.m., followed by Super Showdown 7 happening at Friday night at 8 p.m., August 9th, and then August. 10th, The Summit, which includes Femme Fatales, Shimmer, and Rise, plus Smash Wrestling. They're having a 9 a.m. opening to meet and greet and do their show. All the promotions are going to have their own women's championships online, but the biggest news coming for that is the fact that Smash Wrestling is going to introduce their first-ever women's champion for smash wrestling and it's been decided that rosemary will take on casey spinelli to determine the first champion your thoughts on smash wrestling having a women's title finally even after years of saying we don't need one and the thoughts of these two being chosen as the two being worthy of
1: competing for it so first thing i'll keep this pg but about f in time there smash um as far as the two women goes, uh, nothing but respect uh, for both ladies. Um, I mean, Rosemary, there's you know she's one of the best as far as Canadian independents go, and you watch her you know pretty much every week on Impact Wrestling. Um, last uh, last night I was watching uh, I think just uh, clips of last week on Impact, and she's fighting Sue Young in a dog collar match, which was kind of cool. Um, you know you know her backstory with Ali and the the feud that they had, and then Demon Bunny. Um, you know, association that the two of them had. So Rosemary's been around for a while, and then you've got basically the heart and soul of uh, Ontario independent wrestling, as far as I'm concerned, as far as the females go, and that's Casey Spinelli. And obviously, she's got her fast or not fascination, but she's got her affiliation with um, Sue Young as well, being the uh, the Undead uh, Bride's you no know, maid of honor, isn't it?
0: Yes, but I believe she's one of the ones that um, has been rescued somehow or taken captive
1: by rosemary uh away from Sue young she was but then all of a sudden Sue young rescued her back oh okay but and that then that's a the lot yeah that's the last i saw that but as far as um these two go to crown the first ever women's champion um longevity who deserves it most because of rosemary's outside commitments uh give it to the heart and soul give it to casey spinelli uh, two scoops, um, all the way for first ever women's champion. And you're talking about the other promotions and stuff like that. Pretty sure they announced Mercedes Martinez, uh, Mercedes, yeah, if I can pronounce my daughter's name, I can't even say it. Mercedes Martinez, uh, coming in, uh, as far as I think is, uh, is it Shimmer or Rise? I believe it's Rise. So she's coming in for Rise. And, um, you know, I've known about that lady for like ever. So to be able to see her live and in person. Um, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. On the uh, is this Saturday show or the Sunday show?
0: That is the Saturday morning.
1: The uh, Saturday uh, morning one. Yeah. So it's before
0: uh, people go to NXT.
1: Yeah. So I can't. Uh, I can't. I mean, August can't come soon enough. And um, it's uh, like I said, it's going to be phenomenal to see Casey Spinelli win the championship. So, uh, um, yeah. Uh, you know, can't wait. So yeah, that's
0: some of the big news that's coming out of. Smash Wrestling, and more details for all this can be found on their Facebook page or uh, by going to smash-wrestling.com. Plus, we always keep you updated right here on the podcast or on our uh, Facebook page, The Scumbags Wrestling. So just a quick look at uh, some of the goings-on on on the independent scene throughout Ontario, not including Smash Wrestling. Um... Tomorrow night, there's a 19-plus event for fighting uh, Filthy Tom Waller, and that's happening at Lee's Palace in Toronto at 7 p.m. On Friday, PWA Wrestling is doing a show in Guelph at the Red Chevron uh, Club. C4 presents the Filthy and the Fury uh, Friday Night Fights. Uh, that's at St. Anthony's Banquet Hall. Police C4 is up in the Ottawa area. On Saturday, there's the Bridgeburg Brawl uh, presented by Portertown Pro Wrestling, and that's in Fort Erie at the Native Friendship Center. Belt, uh, doors open at five o'clock for that. Professional Championship Wrestling presents Rising Tide uh, the Royal Canadian Legion, and also PWA. Uh, doing a show in Kitchener at the Alpine Club of Kitchener. On Sunday, of course, we know about the Smash Wrestling here in London for uh, Smash at the London Music Hall, but there's also uh, New School Wrestling in Hamilton at 12 p.m., Redemption, uh, the BP Sports Park at 4 p.m., I believe that is also in Hamilton area. Alpha One Wrestling Immortal Combat 7 happening in Hamilton at 4 p.m. Queenston Road. And that concludes all the stuff that's happening around Ontario. There's so much going on. You can't miss having a show to see. So if you're not in London for Smash Wrestling... You can hit Hamilton and Toronto and Kitchener and Guelph, and you're not going to be
1: disappointed either.
0: Your thoughts on those uh, coming up events, Chris?
1: Yeah, it's it's it, you, you just said it. I mean, there's um, there's no reason as a wrestling fan that you can't attend a wrestling show uh, pretty much every weekend. Uh, you know, every, a lot of promotions out there run 52 weeks a year, seemingly. And you're right about C4, uh, Capital City Championship uh, combat, I think. Um, known as C4 but they yeah they run out of Ottawa Um, you've touched base a lot of times as far as the scumbags uh, uh, you know go as far as charities and C4 does this thing called fighting back every single year raise a lot of money for I think it's cancer and I think last year they had raised uh, I don't know if it was 10 grand or 50 grand but it was quite a bit Um, anytime I've ever talked to the promoter very courteous nice guy but uh, they C4 to me is basically the Smash Wrestling of Ottawa. So um, I wouldn't mind getting up there someday to be able to check out one of their shows. But uh, you know, the fact is, you got the Man Lucha down this way. You've got uh, uh, PWA. You've got uh, you know NSW. You've got uh, uh, you know All Egos uh, promotion there, which uh, A1 Wrestling. Uh, so again, like you said, you can't. Uh, there's no reason at all. You you have to miss. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't attend a wrestling show because they're all over the place.
0: And that's the main thing. Like, these guys are busting their uh, selves week in and week out, and they need the support. And independent wrestling is the hottest it's ever been, I think, right now. And so you owe it to yourself to uh, check these guys out and uh, throw them a bone and support. Speaking also of supporting, because like you said, we enjoy doing charity uh, supports, and that brings me to Ethan's Fight. Um, It's an independent wrestling show happening here in London at Montcom Secondary School on Sunday, June 23rd, and that is going to start at 4pm, and some of the matches that have been announced uh, just the earlier couple minutes ago, actually about an hour ago, uh, there's a Fatal 4-Way match with the women, including Crystal Moon, Sabrina Kyle, Jesse Mack, and London's own Violet Lee. There's going to be a 20-person uh, battle royal. Also, uh, Carter Mason against Cody Diener in the main event. And Tyson Duke's factory student, Kyle Boone, is going to take on heavyweight Jake Jones. So the card shaping up. We have a 10-pack of tickets already. We want to get more uh, there and support this. Ethan's a little uh, boy who's six years old who ended up with cancer in his brain and head down to his spinal fluids. They ended up doing as much as they could to get rid of the masses, but they didn't get it all, and that's all they could do really here in Canada. He was accepted into a uh, program down in Nashville, Tennessee, and... He's down there with his mom, but she's had to give up her jobs. And the cost of medical in the United States is quite pricey in itself. So every little bit to help this family would be greatly appreciated. And you can do your part by being at Ethan's Fight at Moncom Secondary Steel, June 23rd. And uh, tickets, I believe, are $20 for VIP and $15 for general admission can't go wrong and have some great uh, wrestling action and give back at the same time. Chris, your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Cool thing about that is the fact is you've got Cody dinner in the main event, um, which uh, I mean, says uh, enough as it is uh, Cody's huge. As far as you said, the last week charity work goes and stuff like that. Um, you know, sad to, for, for the reason um, why this show has taken place because of the little boy going through what he's going through. But, um, I mean, it's it's a, a well-worth cause if you can make it out on June 23rd uh, to Montcalm uh, to, you know, to, to help support his fight. I, I read the backstory about this and, and the, uh, the mom having to quit her job and, and this and that and, and, you know, doing everything she can to try to make ends meet. And... If you know anything at all about the the U.S. Uh, healthcare system, everything you know, if you go down there for treatment of any sorts, um, it's it's all out of pocket. So it's um, you know, a little twenty dollar amount to you uh, isn't going to make a huge um, you know difference to your bank account, but it's going to make a, a quite a bit of difference to try to help this boy uh, recover and and uh, live a better life. So yeah, definitely uh, definitely going to be there on June twenty third.
0: Excellent. Uh, same here. So. That's going to be a huge charity event. I think Montcalm, if they're doing in the big gym, there's plenty of room for people. There's some bleachers, and you don't want to miss it. Let's move on to other exciting news that's going to happen this weekend, and that's the launching of AEW. For months now, since January 1st, it's been more of a thought and a concept, and as people have said, a T-shirt company. I even have an AEW t-shirt myself, thanks to uh, our friends over at Everything Pro Wrestling. I won a Royal Rumble uh, tournament thing and got a t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees, and I chose the AEW one. So AEW is presenting Double or Nothing from Las Vegas this Saturday. And before that, there was a couple of things that popped up this week, such as... Pac and Hangman Page, that's off the card because of creative differences. I guess Pac wants to protect his reputation and the title that he owns with Dragon's Gate. And so he doesn't want to end up losing. And AEW obviously wants to make Hangman Page seem special. And obviously things didn't come together. So that's off the card. We also have... uh, what was it? Oh, it's Sean Spears, London Zone. He was announced yesterday as joining AEW, and he's going to be part of the uh, Casino Battle Royal. And also, they announced today, during the last installment of Road to AEW, or the Double or Nothing, was the fact that the winner of the Casino Battle Royal will meet the winner of Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, at a future date to determine the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. So, just on those three uh, topics, what do you think of that? Before we look at the actual card,
1: Pox and Pock. That's all I got to say about that one. Um, as far as Sean Spears goes, I can't wait to see him back in the ring. Um, when he was in WWE, obviously, uh, I, I you know it never comes down to money in that in that company. It just comes down to passion. I think he lost his passion um, being beside Cody again. And I think their ties go all the way back to OVW. Um, it'll be good for him uh, just based on the fact that, you know, it's, um, it's, you know, he can have fun again. He can be himself again. He doesn't have to worry about the storylines and scripts and everything. Cody is promising right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Peyton Royce because obviously they are, you know, fiancés um, whether or not she travels down that road as well because, You think about it, the iconics, yes, they're great, but was she really being used to her full potential before that? Probably not. Um, And the women's division, as far as AEW goes, they're building and they're doing a good job at that. And the more talent that, um, you know, basically is available, the more they're going to pick up. I know Tenille Dashwood, I think, is a free agent at this point. So it wouldn't surprise me to see her go down there. Um, You know, I was just watching NXT right now. Adam Cole's in... Partially the main event and his, you know, his girlfriend's down in AEW. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, You know, another billionaire running a company. And uh, as far as the main event goes, um, you know, to see the crown the the new champion. Um, I'd love to see Omega in that main event. Whether or not he takes it, I don't know. But uh, I think AEW is doing everything right right now. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens this weekend with Starcast at AEW and uh, see what kind of buzz they, they draw this time.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. During that uh, final uh, road to uh, Double or Nothing, Tony Khan was interviewed, I think is by somebody from ITV over in uh, the UK, and uh, I'm hoping that they hold true to what they're kind of saying, is that they still want to encourage people to watch any and all wrestling. They're not trying to uh, apparently take away from what WWE has, they just want to present the alternative that has been lacking to the Lapse fan and the fan who wants a little more harder core wrestling, some blood, uh, and not necessarily you know gushing for no apparent reason, but allowed because it happens, and just more realism, I guess. And that also takes you to sort of the Cody Rhodes Dustin match where uh, Cody doesn't want to be brother versus brother. He wants it more of an era versus era because he hates the attitude era that people hold so dear to themselves for everything that they did. Um, So let's run down the card. got best friends, uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta taking on Angelico and Jack Evans.
1: As far as this goes, um, best friends from watching their days in New Japan pro wrestling. Um, they're a gimmick, and uh, uh, I don't think they're going to pull this one out. Um, I think any, if anything at all, you'll see them in AEW. Um, people know them as the best friends, but uh, I think they'll, they'll end up losing this one.
0: Okay. Uh, there's also a six-woman tag team match, including Aja Kong and Yuka Sakasaki, Emmy sakura taking on uh shida rio and mizunami sorry if i'm butchering names because i'm not familiar with them uh but i did say earlier that aja kong is about the only one i definitely do recognize from a survivor series back in the 90s So she's been around for a little while what are you thinking with the six
1: women tag just based on the fact, I haven't a freaking clue who five of the participants are in this. I'm going to go with Aja Kong's team.
0: Same here. Um, Kip Sabin is going to take on Sammy Guevara in a singles match.
1: So, Sammy, I don't know how familiar you are with him, but uh, he a lot of potential. Um, he's a good worker, uh, a lot of uh, very similar to MJF in as far as his attitude goes. Uh, Just a little more cockier, though. Uh, He does have the potential to to be somebody, uh, a big name for AEW. So um, I can't see with their first pay-per-view him losing. So i got to say Sammy in this one.
0: Okay, yeah, I would pick uh, Sammy in that one. Uh, I don't think I gave you my predictions on the best friends. So I'm going to go with actually best friends to uh, retain or just be the winners. Um, I do like your idea of them teasing some. Uh, dissension just to help build storyline uh along the way they got a little bit to go before october when they launched their tv show on tnt so it'd be interesting to see how if they build to what you're suggesting uh as a way of launching their new show uh, also in the pre-show is the 20 a 21 man casino battle royale and they have some interesting Uh, rules are going to happen where every three minutes five new people are going to come in and the last person to come in is just going to come in individually Um, the winner of that is going to meet the winner of omega and jericho somewhere down the line Uh, could be when they launch on tnt as well as like their big show to wow everybody Um, but that battle royal includes sunny kiss Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero, Glacier, if you believe it, from WCW fame, Brian Pillman Jr., Sonny Days, MJF, Joey Janela, Dustin Thomas, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Havoc, uh, Jungle Boy, Marg Quinn, Luchasaurus, Sean Spears, and there's still space for four other guys to be a part of. Do you see anybody from that list winning it or being one of the two being announced guys?
1: know what's funny, on the last show we were talking about this and I made a prediction and then all of a sudden now I'm realistically thinking about who's in that battle royal. Um, You know, I'd love to see Sean Spears come back and win it. I think that'd be cool, but uh, I can't see him being thrust into the main event picture that soon. Um, Other than that, as far as who's going to win it based on storylines everything else goes i see mjf so that's my uh prediction right there when he was in london for smash i hated the guy he was a you know character wise he was he was uh you know just arrogant and you could tell you could tell he he knew his character and and how to you know play the fans and everything else um but uh, when you see his series uh with regards guys to cody and the being the elite stuff and everything that went along with that, you saw how much more of a, a you know a dickhead he could be. So, anyways, MJF with the winner of the battle royal, and uh, you know doing that, it's basically he goes on to get a championship, and there's nothing AEW management can do about it. So I see MJF winning.
0: Yeah, that would uh, go well with the storylines that they've been doing on uh, being an elite. Um, another guy that stands out to me is Joey Janela. He. Actually, contended for the Smash Wrestling Championship when he took uh, a space to go against Tarek, and Tarek ended up winning. Uh, Janelle is coming back from a leg injury uh, that he suffered, but yeah, MJF of the people who are listed, Jimmy Havoc is a possibility. But we also did talk about one of those surprise guys. Could a surprise be? John Moxley. We gotta have somebody who wins that battle royal and is a contender to go against somebody on the same level as a Kenny Omega or Chris Jericho.
1: So, to change my my theory from the the last podcast we had done, um, I just want to say this. So, d- do you waste John Moxley's debut in a battle royal if that's the case might be, or do you bring him in to uh, basically go and ruin the main event between Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, knowing that both Jericho and himself are former WB talent and have him pull a Jericho and have him interfere in that match. And now all of a sudden, as opposed to the Battle Royal winner against maybe, you know, um, you know Omega or Jericho, it's like have a three way between Moxley, Omega and Jericho now to decide who's going to face the Battle Royal winner.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting that way um, because at the same time as you were saying, do you waste a debut of a John Moxley or a return of a CM Punk as one of those to-be-announced people when at the same time this is listed as the pre-show? That would be kind of a waste of somebody of their caliber to put on a pre-show. So it has to be somebody like an MJF or Joy Janela winning to go against Omega or Jericho.
1: Yeah, I love like I, I love the fact you're referencing Punk, but um, the last I heard he didn't look too good. He wrestled under a mask in a Chicago arena that was I guess apparently shutting down, and he was about the size of um, uh, James Ellsworth now. So uh, putting him in there and and having fans try to, you know, recognize him in 2019, it's it's not a good thing. I mean, if he's a commentator, uh, much the same way Cole Cabana does for ROH, no big deal, but putting him in the ring again, I, I, and again, does he have any interest to, to be back in the ring as a, as a wrestler?
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you on that one because his size has diminished as he's uh, joined the ranks of the MMA world, and he is only a few hours, minutes, uh, depending on how quick a uh, chartered plane is from where Double or Nothing is because he's supposed to be commentating for an MMA show also on that day. So that's why people are saying, oh, no, he won't show up, he won't show up. But look at All In. Jericho did two uh, Fozzie shows and was able to run in on the Omega match. So you never know. It is wrestling. Whether it's WD or not, you can never say never. But he'll have to bulk up a bit just to be believable again as that uh, big contender. So pulling from this, I'm going to uh, go with Joey Janela winning the Battle Royal, and you're saying MJF?
1: Yep, MJF is my pick for this one.
0: Perfect. Um, then there's the women's, uh, three-way. There's Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Kylie Ray going at it. And that's in trip threat rules.
1: So my pick on that one. Yeah. Uh, Britt Baker's hot. So I got to go with her. <laughs> uh, she, yeah, don't, don't, hey, don't get me wrong. She's also gifted, but she's, she's incredibly attractive. Good, good job, Adam Cole.
0: Yeah. And, um, I'm not sure if this is, strictly going to be a triple threat match I could see it possibly becoming a four way because there is a missing AEW female star that's not listed anywhere in this card and that being Allie or whatever she's going to go by whether it's Cherry Bomb or anything like that because she's been using the Cherry Bomb name lately but regardless of who she wants to go by She's not on this card, and she's
1: AEW. Does yeah, she? that, I was, I was it, just going to say that kind of surprised me that she's nowhere listed.
0: Yeah, so I could almost see her being a last-minute addition, or uh, I would agree for that Britt Baker wins, and this could be where then Allie comes in and confronts her.
1: But the other option is, too, who's to say Allie's not part of that battle royal? I mean, wasn't it last year that when they did All In, uh, Jordan Grace was part of it, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, she was uh, part of that. One of the only uh, females in there, I
1: believe. Yeah, but so, yeah. I mean, the good news is, is is we're 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 chatting with the fact is there, there's options, um, which is a good thing as far as a uh, beginning company goes. Exactly. Um,
0: so I'm going with Brickbreaker as well. SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, taking on. Uh, the strong hearts. Uh, it's Sema, T Hawk, and uh, Linda man So, what do you see in this six-man? It uh, involves uh, Oriental wrestling.
1: Entertainment. Entertainment. O W E. Is that right? Oh Yes. Yeah, that was right. O W E. Um, Is you're not going to bring Seema in with the hype that uh, he was presented with, and not have him go over in the first match. So. Oh, what the 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 name of the group? What did you call them? Uh, they're called the Stronghearts. All right. So the Strong Hearts to go over in this one. Um, SEU is already established. Uh, there's no reason at all for them to to win this. So again, uh, look for Seema and his boys to go over in this one, uh, just to be able to uh, for AEW to be able to basically be like, hey, these are guys. They're established, and uh, you'll see a few continue down the road though.
0: Yeah, and you know they uh set this up during that uh, one press conference in uh, Vegas. And so I can see this continuing as well in strong hearts to win. Uh Cody versus Dustin brother versus brother. They wanted it for a while. They almost had it at WrestleMania, but Vince never pulled the trigger. He actually had them then as tag teams instead. And I still remember when they teamed up as brothers and had Dusty in their corner, and they took out uh, the shield. And to have them now against each other in Cody's own company, what do you see happening?
1: Uh, It depends. Um, Mainly on the fact of who's the heel and who's the face. If Dustin um, is the face in this one, um, expect, expect him to go over. If uh, Dustin – I'm saying that because it's hard to tell by the, the, the face paint and the character and, and what he's going to portray this coming Saturday. Um, but um, if Cody is the face in this one, um, I expect Cody to go over, but Dustin to kind of probably you know, beat the crap out of him post-match or whatever the case may be. Um, the reason I'm saying this is because if you see Dustin as the face and Cody playing the heel – It's going to be, you know, Cody's thinking, oh, hey, I'm going to change this attitude era and everything else. And then all of a sudden, Dustin's just like, nope, not happening. And, uh, you know, Cody ends up losing to the point he gets frustrated. I see a feud continuing between these guys. Um, But like I said, if if Dustin is playing the the face in this one, I I see uh, him going over Cody. And like I said, a feud continuing down the road.
0: Yeah, I can see uh, Dustin being the face in this one because he's representing the attitude era And Cody wants to sort of destroy that. Um, I guess it'll just depend on how the fans accept it at the same time, because if they're on the side of Cody where they're against the Attitude Era and what it stood for, then obviously Cody would be favored by the fans. But I think he's still going to be playing the heel, uh, sort of cockiness. And just to say he's better, But I think Cody kind of does need to win just to sort of prove that the new way is going to be better than WWE or the beloved Attitude Era. So I'm picking uh, Cody regardless of how it goes. I definitely am looking forward to that match because I've been a huge mark for Dustin since I saw him first appear in 1990 on uh, Saturday Night's May event. And then teaming with his dad as his dad was leaving uh at the royal rumble against ted dibiase and virgil so yeah whether he's the natural or gold dust just as long as he's not seven we're uh i'm a dustin Rhodes fan and he's been clean and sober he said uh just this past week for 11 years so it's really good on him um yeah, and, cool thing.
1: Well, I was gonna say, cool thing about Dustin as well is the tremendous shape he's still in for, uh, for being up there in age.
0: Yeah, he's dropped a lot of weight lately, and even had double knee surgery. But this is sort of uh, him coming at, back out and saying, "I'm in the best shape of my life." And it's interesting that he was given a release by WWE. And I guess it was all due to Triple H uh, allowing him to. Be released and join Cody for this match in AEW. So that brings us on to the main event of the evening. And there's a lot at stake in a way because it's a number one contendership now uh, where Kenny Omega is taking on Chris Jericho. Your thoughts?
1: Um, nah, I wish I could pass on this because I'm a. <laughs> yeah. Huge, huge mark for both of them. Um, different eras, obviously. But um, you know what? It's, it's interesting to see Jericho still in that main event picture uh, this many years later. I mean, um, but at the same time, if 2019, I got to go with Omega. Uh, Jericho, I see him. It's, it's always best when you have, you know, the old wrestling saying that we have a heel that chases that title. Um, so he never necessarily gets it right away, but he chases, chases, chases. And all of a sudden, you know, he's going and and basically going out of his way as far as tactics go to try to win that championship or to try to, to hurt the champ or whatever the case may be. Um, I think because of the success that, you know, all, you know, AEW has already had uh, just based on mainly one show and a lot of hype on the Internet, you um, you know, and the being the elite series, obviously, like let it happen that, you know, Kenny Omega, one of those, you know, original BTE guys, is, you know, the uh, first ever champion of the promotion. So, in order for that to happen, he's got to beat Jericho. So, I'm picking Omega to beat Jericho in this one.
0: I'll go with Omega as well. And uh, yeah, it should be a good match either way. They've always had good chemistry together uh, since they first encountered each other in New Japan. And that was like one of the highlights of why I watched a new Japan show. Uh, when on my way to see them go against each other. Uh, plus Kenny Omega is coming to London for London comic-con um, the first weekend in October, which I believe is the sixth and seventh at uh, the London convention center. And it was just announced that you can be a part of a special VIP meet and greet with Kenny and, do video game challenge with him, and that's open to like 50 plus people. It's 230 dollars, I believe, with uh, plus tax. You get autographs, you get uh, pictures of your action with Kenny. There's pop and pizza going on, and there's also an ability for 75 dollars a person to, and 75 people at the same time can just watch everything unfold between Kenny and the people who challenge him at the video game uh, challenge and VIP. You'll also get the autographed uh, picture that was pre-signed, because he doesn't have time to sign for everybody, but you could be a part of the experience. And you can go to uh, LondonComicCon.ca for more details and to buy your tickets. Comic-Con is also going to be the place where you can meet up with Tim Curry, uh, and, Fans of any movie should have seen Tim Curry at least once in her life, whether it was from Sylvester Stallone's Oscar, uh, Home Alone 2, Pennywise the Clown in the original It uh, presentation, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and so many more uh, acting credits that Tim Curry has. You don't want to miss the opportunity to see him. And he's coming to London Comic-Con October 6th and 7th at the London Convention Center. So, got a plug out there for uh, Jake and London Comic-Con. They've had a great relationship with Smash Wrestling and bringing the Canusa Classic to us last year. And if they continue with a good relationship with Kenny Omega and uh, I believe Barry Bloom is his agent, you might be able to uh, bring in more stars from AEW. And who knows? Maybe in 2020, instead of a Smash show, we get an AEW show. Your thoughts, Chris?
1: Uh, the coolest part about all that is, well, you get to see a bunch of people dressed up as stormtroopers and, and robots and stuff. So, um, I remember going to the Smash show last year for Canusa and getting there, and they had the bleachers set up, uh, you know, uh, as they were doing the kind of the Q and As with the, the Smash people right before the event. And I remember standing up on the bleachers and just looking into that 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 mass of people at the, the Comic-Con and be like, holy crap, like this is insane. And just doing like a lap around just to, I mean, it's it's huge. I mean, just the, the amount of work and effort that goes into this, um, you know, as far as Jake and, and Andrew goes is absolutely insane. Um, and Jake, I mean, uh, that from talking to him, it makes it sound like it's just second nature, you know. Uh, but to land a guy like Kenny Omega, absolutely insane, especially right now, like he was PWI's uh, number one in the top 500 last year. He uh, is the first guy ever to score six-star matches against Okada uh, for Melcher's review system. Um, you know, he's Winnipeg's own. He's, you know, um, uh, been talked about pretty much every month of the year for the past several years. You know, he's uh, uh one of the best and and the, the fact is that they're bringing him in and being this close to him being able to play video games with him and he's a video game mark is absolutely cool uh, as far as tim curry goes um you know you mentioned it the only movie i've ever actually seen him in was uh, home alone Two, and he's that that uh son of a bitch bellhop who uh you know it's just he's got that look on his face like you just want to hate the guy he could he could have been a wrestler but um <laughs> anyways uh you know, and when I talk about Comic-Con, people at work or friends of mine and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, and I mark out about Kenny Omega. They're like, oh, Tim Curry's coming too, you know. And uh, I've heard things on FM 96 about, you know, the announcers marking out for Tim Curry. So, you know, you know, great job for these guys to be able to bring these celebrities in. Um, and it's like you said, you know, we get Smash Wrestling and Kanusa, But uh, if they keep and maintain a good relationship with uh, Omega and his agent, uh, who's to say we don't get an AEW show here in London? And uh, uh, you know that that would be phenomenal.
0: Exactly, and Kenny's coming at a perfect time. As uh, the fact is, uh, AEW is supposed to be starting their uh, new TV series on TNT. Got to have a home in Canada uh, determined yet, but they're supposed to start in the fall of uh, this year, 2019. So they're getting we'll be getting close to doing. Their events and TV tapings. So, perfect time to advertise and meet Kenny Omega as they get ready to launch their own show. So, looking at other activity happening this weekend in Las Vegas, starting tomorrow, May 23rd until the 26th, is StarCast 2. It's presented by Conrad Thompson, and he did StarCast 1. uh, in Chicago as part of All In as well. Of course, a lot of people don't believe that they're two separate entities between AEW and Double or Nothing. It's just, or sorry, and StarCast. But, you know, they're good friends with each other. So why not piggyback off each other? And it's virtually a who's who of events that are going to happen during StarCast just to mention some of it there's an evening with uh cody and the young bucks behind the paint with uh sting hosted by tony Schiavone, a live talk is jericho the sharpshooter Bret Hart in his own words uh i guess they're going to also have uh what's his name uh tom mcgee mcgee yes tom mcgee is going to be there and they're going to talk about that Lost uh, gem of a match that uh, WWE actually finally released on the network last week. Lita has a panel on women's wrestling. There's the double or nothing official weigh ins. The last time you're probably going to see uh, something wrestled with live with Bruce Pritchard because Bruce has returned to WWE and won't have the travel schedule to do stuff with Tom, uh, Conrad Thompson. There's a live wrestler observer. Uh, show with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, the Hall of Fame with Booker T, Crazy Like a Fox, remembering Brian Pillman, who actually would turn fifty-seven today. Eighty-three weeks with Eric Bischoff, and I quit. Uh, retrospective, hosted by Tony Giovanni with Tully Blanchard and Magnum T.A. The Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. There's the Monday Night Wars uh, stories with Xbox and. Probably Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are going to be part of it. Uh, Joy Bryan has a show. There's Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn doing a show together. Remembering Owen Hart has just been added. I see here uh, that's going to happen at 6.30 tomorrow. And the House of Hardcore podcast with Tommy Dreamer, Keeping It 100 with Conan. First uh, public appearance by Aaron Anderson since leaving WWE. There's going to be now a ready to rumble watch along with Tony Giovanni, David Arquette, and the Hurricane because Hurricane was the uh, stunt double for David Arquette. Plus, a whole lot more happening during. Oh, also a broadcast of Omega Man, the documentary on Kenny Omega. But all this is going to happen during StarCast 2 and both StarCast and double or nothing are going to be available on fight f-i-t-e uh network fight tv.com uh app on your phones and they're low little expensive but with the quality you're going to get and the content it's definitely worth uh checking out and see if you can match up with some friends and share the uh cost thoughts on any of those shows chris
1: Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued about the uh, Remembering Owen Hart one. Do we know, do they say anything at all who's hosting? Uh,
0: No, it just says it's happening at Caesars Palace. I'm trying to get some details, but it is quite the uh, timing. I imagine there will be something involving uh, probably, I would say, obviously Brett, since he's going to be there. And um, I would also suspect that JR and the King, since they were – they're gonna have their own show that uh they're gonna be a part of it because they were broadcasting that night at Over the Edge in uh ninety nine.
1: Yeah, I mean if um I mean a couple things that stand out. Obviously, you know, being Canadian, the, the sharpshooter thing with Brett and now you mentioned the Owen thing. Um uh Omega Man, The the is, is that what Omega's thing was called? Omega Man. Yeah. Yeah. So That's I the so- documentary. I watched that on TSN already, but it's cool for the fans there in Vegas to be able to, to watch that uh, there. Um, I mean Bruce Pritchard, <laughs> the guy I you know, here's the thing, okay. When so last year we were doing this uh, you know podcast, um, and Sean had this fascination with Bruce Pritchard, and I was like, okay, what the hell is this crap? And then and when all in was taking place. In Starcast one and Sean was like, Oh yeah, people want to come over and, and watch it over here, they can. And I was like, I'm not going over there to watch 24/7 Bruce Pritchard. No way, no way. And anyways, but when you actually watch him interact from the last Starcast and you and you listen to his shows, you realize that personality he's got. Like he's uh he's one of those uh, guys in the business that has no fear. Um it's funny how you mentioned the fact that with regards to AEW has no affiliation with StarCast and yet they pull The Undertaker and Kurt Angle, but they're, you know, and uh, I'm I'm not going to say they, but Vince McMahon is picky and choosy because here you've got Bruce Pritchard, a WWE employee, Hurricane, who I believe is a WWE employee, who are allowed to go to StarCast, no problem at all. But when it comes to Kurt Angle, no longer wrestling and The Undertaker rarely, rarely wrestling, it's like, nope, you guys aren't going because... AEW and, uh, you know, um, uh, StarCast are one in the same. So it's uh, it's interesting to see who McMahon is letting go and uh, it will go to this and who he's blocking from going to this. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure if anything at all, during the StarCast, you're going to see some of these guys take shots at, uh, you know, AEW or not AEW. But some these guys take shots at WWE. I was just thinking AEW, when the Hall of Fame ceremony happened and DX was a part of that, Billy Gunn, AEW had no problems at all letting Billy Gunn go be part of this. And now all of a sudden Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon is is doing his thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the highlights are going to be this weekend, but it's also going to be interesting to see, like I said, the backlash that comes from this, um, you know, from either the WWE side or AEW.
0: Yeah, I find it interesting as I'm scrolling through the – Uh, list again. There's an Inside the ropes with Dustin Rhodes, but the uh, thing, unfortunately, that uh, seems to be missing is the fact that there was two shows uh, involving Ric Flair that aren't happening, or at least not listed any longer, because JR was supposed to do a uh, sit down with Ricky Steamboat and Rick talking about their famous uh, three-boat series, especially their uh, third and final boat, and there was supposed to be a roast of Ric Flair, and uh, well, he just had surgery. It was successful, but there have been conflicting reports, shall we say, on the extent of complications that happen and postponement of uh, surgeries. But apparently it happened on Monday, finally, and it was successful. So we wish uh, Rick all the best in his uh, recovery. But, uh, yeah, there it's noticeably missing from here, and that's where... Things like Remembering Owen Hart and the addition of the Ready to Rumble watch-along are uh, brand new additions that I've seen since uh, the last look at the
1: list of uh, events. Yeah, so it would be interesting to see if there's any more ups, but that's, um, I mean, <clears throat> it makes sense that JR is going to be doing the Owen Hart thing at this point now, but uh, uh, that itself is going to be emotional.
0: Yeah, well... He was there when it happened. Um, If people get a chance to check out post-wrestling, John Pollock did an amazing job uh, doing an audio documentary, contacting people who were close to the situation with Owen, including a fan who was sort of his Uber driver, uh, Jimmy Corderas, and a few others that he reached out to. And just to know all the sort of behind the scenes that nobody knew before, is quite the shocking and sad uh, rehash of what happened. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But yeah, it's just, it's great to see that that's happening as a last minute replacement for something. And so we'll, I guess, transition into talking about Owen and the fact that 20 years tomorrow on May 23rd was. The over-the-edge pay-per-view and it happened in the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri and Owen Hart was scheduled to come down from the rafters as the Blue Blazer. There's talk that Max Mini was going to be a mini uh, Blue Blazer but he was going to win the intercontinental title against the Godfather and they just finished a hardcore match Needed to clean up the ring, so to do so, they had a pre recorded uh interview with the Blue Blazer and I believe it was Kevin Kelly. But when the interview was done, they didn't show anything in the ring, they showed JR and he said something terribly had gone wrong and that Owen was supposed to make an entrance, but he fell. They went to something else. Uh, by that time, Owen was out of there, taken to the hospital. obviously pronounced dead jimmy Corderas had gone with him and 10 seconds before they went back to jr because they continued the show uh jr got notified that owen died he had like 10 seconds to process it and then look at the camera and tell everybody that unfortunately owen had passed away
1: hey sean Um, you okay if i play
0: that audio yeah go for it Uh, in kansas city uh tragedy befell the world wrestling federation and all of us owen hart was uh, set to make an entrance from the ceiling and uh, he fell from the ceiling and i have the unfortunate responsibility to let everyone know that owen hart has died owen hart has tragically died from
1: that accident here tonight. So, I was just going to say with you saying what you just said, I just want to give fans a a glimpse of exactly what Jr. had to say the, the moment that, you know, they were counting him down.
0: Yeah, it's quite interesting that he had, like, zero prep. Obviously, in the back of his mind, he's thinking that maybe this did happen because he saw it, like, he was literally only feet away from the ring and seeing Owen fall, but they also still continued with their job. And then he had to quickly scramble in his mind to come up with that uh, statement. So kudos for him to remain professional for the whole thing to go with. But there, in that documentary that John Pollock did, somebody questioned whether they should have continued because at the same time, It's sort of a crime scene at that point, but sort of the acting, uh, the show business type mentality, the show must go on, it did go on, and they continued the show, even if some people didn't want to go out. Jeff Jarrett was very emotional as he went to do his promo and do his match. Deborah was obviously visibly crying during that promo as well, so it was a huge night and they ended up retiring that name of over the edge because of the stigma that was attached to it. So my question to you, Chris, is where were you when it happened? And what are your thoughts on the fact that JR made that statement, how he had little time and should they have carried on with the show? So like three questions, I know, but your thoughts on that whole
1: situation. So as far as where I was, I was in London, uh, not ordering the pay-per-view, um, you know, and then I caught wind of what had happened, so ordered the replay, and then, uh, you know, very next night, I remember, you know, uh, the tribute show and and maybe possibly uh, shedding a few tears. Um, with regards to the, uh, the show going on, I think that was one of the biggest backlashes about it was the fact is it's... Um, to me, it shouldn't have gone on. Um, I th- don't know if it was in the post show or it was another show that I was listening to, but somebody had raised the question that they would have, they should have asked McMahon. Like, they should have been like, you know, look, if that had been Shane McMahon, would you have stopped this show? And uh, you know, they, they one of their biggest regrets, whoever that guy was that didn't, it might have been Jeff Merrick, but I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, but you know, it's if it had been like I said, Shane McMahon in that situation, of course he would have stopped the show. You know, and uh, you never think about when you're watching as a wrestling fan with regards to what you see and all the legal ramifications that go along with it. It's like yes, it had turned into a crime scene at that point, so they should have shut down the show and done as much as they possibly could to figure out what the hell happened. Um, as far as some of the stuff you didn't even think about was two clips from the post-wrestling thing that I had heard. Number one was apparently Max Mini was supposed to come down with them and there was too many issues with the weight and they, I guess, apparently had tried sandbags and stuff and it just wasn't happening. And, um, you know, so Max Mini's life was saved because of, of the, them going a different route. Um, the other thing was as well as when you hear Jimmy Cordaris talk and you hear about how close owen was to landing on him on the way down like it could have just been you know not necessarily owen landing right on top of him it could have been owen's you know arm had come down on top of him or something like that because jimmy in the 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 post show had said he felt something brush against him um and then you know jimmy from the rest of the audio you could tell he's just in a state of shock and he still to this day doesn't remember how he got to the next town the very next day so obviously he has he has taken that and uh put a permanent, um, you know, uh, uh blank on the situation. Uh, I don't know how he, he gets through, you know, still being part of the wrestling business on aftermath, um, every single week, but, um, you know, he's, he's very gifted human being, uh, to be able to share the story that he he's been able to share as far as anybody, anytime anybody asks him about Owen. Um, but, um, again, you know Owen was one of those guys whose legacy is gonna live on uh, forever based on the stories you hear about him and of all people jr is saying that he to this day is still never heard anything bad about Owen so it's uh hard it like like I said in the, the other show that we had done it's hard to believe 20 years later you know it's uh, it seems like just yesterday
0: yeah I was uh, celebrating my uh, 23rd birthday with our uh, friend Chris Jones and having pizza and that's happened it was just like oh my god shock and then seeing the rest of the show waiting for some more news and that's what it became more so than watching it for the rest of the card which i couldn't even tell you unless i look it up on wikipedia i couldn't tell you what uh, happened before or after on that event and unfortunately And fortunately, at the same time, that uh, section has been taken out of the network presentation. Um, Yeah, just a lot of uh, thoughts on Owen, his whole career. I liked him as the Blue Blazer when he first appeared before WrestleMania Five and took on uh, Kurt Hennig, in a losing effort. Then when he came to team with Coco Beware and High Energy, which actually, uh, uh, that was after the... uh, New foundation with uh, Jim Ninehart And they wore the baggy pants and all that. And then Coco got added when Jim left uh, to winning the King of the Ring to prove his brother wrong. Kicking Bret's leg out from under him in their match against the Quebecers at the Royal Rumble, 94. Starting WrestleMania, 10. The Steel Cage in 94 as well. Just so many things. His goofing around with Davey Boy Smith, the last match recognition uh, by Edge saying that they used a napkin as a clothesline with Jeff Jarrett uh, against Edge and Christian. Just all the fun things that Owen did away from the camera and just to crack people up. The guy's going to be missed. I believe I have a picture somewhere of Owen uh, in a frame holding a son oge from uh canadian stampede uh that happened in calgary that 10 man tag and the heart clan all uh got in the ring just so many memories any more memories you want to share before we give her pro- last props to owen
1: yeah just uh one of the uh, personal stories i can share is um uh, um, I only got to see him wrestle twice live. One of them was in my hometown of St. John, New Brunswick. Um, uh, it was funny because it was the main event was him and Yokozuna as tag team champions against Shawn Michaels and Lex Luger. And uh, the best part I remember about that match is um, uh, Yoko uh, uncontrollably laughing in the corner, having to stick his head in a turnbuckle because no one was making fun of a, a drunk fan ringside, you know? Um and it, it wasn't like just a, a normal drunk fan. It was like some older guy who's just completely, you know, messed up. And Owen was just having a field day with this guy. But, uh, anyways, it was it was amazing interaction, and it was just Owen being playful, and and uh, you know the whole thing you're talking about the napkin at the house show and everything else. And it's just to me that sounds like who he was as a, as an individual. He just, he, he liked to have fun in life, you know, and, and when you hear about stories and stuff, you hear about, he was one of the guys you could talk to, you know, if you needed to, and definitely family man and stuff. And, um, a lot of his matches, you know, are on the network or YouTube. And if you're too young to remember who he was, go and check them out. Um, because he, you know, back in the day, he was, he was one of the most gifted athletes and he had a Japanese style before Japanese wrestling was, was famous over here in North America. But, um, uh, definitely going to be missed. And uh, I think um, I think Cody Diener just recently had uh, had tripped it out to um, uh, Alberta and got to see the Hart House and had gone to Owen Hart's gravesite just recently. So, I mean, uh, you know, and so Diener, you know, being one of the mainstays here in Ontario Indy, um, you know, was a fan of Owen's as well. And it's just, it's, it's a respect thing. And uh, I can't say I've ever heard, you know, any wrestling fan be like, oh, man, he sucks. Uh, Outside the gimmick, but um, you know, it's uh, definitely missed even twenty years later.
0: Yeah, is Daniel still a part of the uh, chat? Uh, Ask him his thoughts. uh, (laughs)
1: Apparently, somebody else had signed up and said AEW signed up as AEW, said, are you all in? Who isn't going to WWE Saudi? WWE Saudi is joke. And then he goes on to say, glad Ric Flair is okay. So, right. well, <laughs>
0: Thank you for your input. Uh, give but, me a shout out, but I don't know who you are. Uh, Conrad Cushman from uh, Everything Pro Wrestling, uh, he does a his own podcast over on Anchor out of New York. Uh, he posted on our uh, talk And he said, Rowan Hart was a good performer. I think he has the best opening match of WrestleMania all time. And he's one of the best uh, not to win the WWF title. And I would definitely concur with uh, Conrad on that one. And unfortunately, due to how his death tore the Hart family apart and the circumstances involving it, um, Martha Hart, received 18 million dollars for compensation but won't share memories of owen with the rest of the world and allow owen to be inducted into wd hall of fame no matter how much Bret hart uh, wants him to so as chris said find any outlet that you can on social media uh, or the wd network to create your own memories of owen hart
1: yeah, nothing nothing from Daniel uh, as of right now, but he, he went on to say earlier that the uh, scumbags will run wild at Ethan's fight.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to that. Uh, so moving on to WWE, uh, last weekend was Money in the Bank. Uh, quick rundown, the Usos defeated uh, Dan O'Brien and Eric Rowan in a non-title match. Bailey won the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match for the women defeating Carmella, uh, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, uh, Naomi, Natalia, and Nikki Cross, who was replacing Alexa Bliss. Ray Mysterio beat Samoa Joe for the United States Championship, even though Joe's uh, shoulder wasn't down. He was cut open, so they kind of quit that match early. Shane McMahon slipped out of his t-shirt to uh, escape the cage and defeat The Miz in a steel cage match. Tony Nese defeated Aria Divari to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Becky Lynch defeated L- Lacey Evans by submission with the Disarmer. And as she tried to leave, Charlotte came down and said, nope, she wants her match now. So she ended up beating Becky for the SmackDown Women's Championship thanks to some outside interference by Lacey Evans. They started a beatdown of uh, Becky. Bailey came down, rescued Becky, and decided to cash in on Charlotte. She succeeded. And so Becky is still Raw Women's Champion. And Bailey is your SmackDown Women's Champion. Then Roman Reigns defeated Elias in 10 seconds. Because Elias tried doing performance and leave. He got a Superman punch and a spear. Over and done with 10 seconds. Match of the night. Seth Rollins defeated AJ Styles for the Universal Championship. Cody And Kofi Kingston defeated Kevin Owens to retain the WWE Championship. and Brock Lesnar surprised everybody by taking the eighth and final spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match Um, earlier in the evening. Sami Zayn was beat up and hung by his ankles and was taken out of the match. Braun Strowman claimed it wasn't him, tried to get the spot back. Triple H didn't believe him and said, "Uh Uh-uh, that's not happening. You are out of the match, and they never announced it in eighth person, so it was seven people being Ali, and Jody, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, and Ricochet, until the last couple seconds of the match where Brock Lesnar stormed the ring, pushed over a ladder, pushed down uh, Ali off a ladder, and took the case for himself, and now they're teasing when he can cash in and come and go, and it could be on Kofi. Could be on Seth. We might hear this Monday when that's going to happen. So that was the rundown of Money in the Bank leading into Raw. Chris, I know you only caught part of uh, Money in the Bank, uh, the second half of it. But from what you heard and saw, what do you think of Money in the Bank?
1: Um, I know, like uh, like you just said, I don't like. I end up catching part of it just uh, due to work commitments and stuff like that. But um, the, I caught the tail end of the Seth Rollins, AJ styles match. Uh, that was, <clears throat> you know, in so many words, phenomenal. It was um, from what I read, as far as the internet reports and stuff like that goes is the, uh, the match was just uh, a good match. It wasn't no, um, you know, outside interference or, you know, just a good match between two gifted uh, performers there. Um, as far as uh, you know, the, the, pay-per-view itself goes I'm glad Bailey won Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with uh, Becky and uh, Lacey Evans at this point because I know Lacey is is still kind of saying you know Becky wherever you go I'm going to follow you Um, you know Charlotte uh, Bailey uh, you know those two continue a feud and hopefully Sasha Banks eventually comes back main event was um, interesting you know I, I was watching it and all, you know, obviously my pick was Drew McIntyre to win it, and at one point it looked like Ali was going to win. And I was like, "Oh, this would be interesting to see what they do with this guy." And then, sure enough, out of nowhere, Brock Lesnar. And uh, you know, I, I've said it already once tonight, but if you could, uh, you know, judge the expression by one guy's face as far as Brock Lesnar winning goes, that would be Randy Orton. Uh, so, if you get a chance, go on to YouTube at the WWE Network watch Brock Lesnar winning and then focus on Randy Orton's face as soon as he watches Brock Lesnar up at the top of the ladder celebrate and So again, pay-per-view probably nothing more than a good setup to the Saudi show that's coming up, but it is WWE. Um, so it doesn't surprise me them putting Brock Lesnar up top.
0: Okay. So WWE has uh, two more events uh, coming up uh, June 1st. So, Yeah, a week and a half from now. uh, They are going to have NXT, and that's their 25th show, and it's going to happen from Bridgeport, Connecticut at the Webster Bank Arena. And just since we were watching NXT just a moment ago, writing down the card quickly is going to be Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong, Velveteen Dream against Tyler Breeze for the NXT North American Championship, Danny Birch only lurking in the Undisputed Era members Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, the Street Profits, and the Forgotten Sons are all going to be in a ladder match to determine the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships as they were defeated, I mean, given up by the War Raiders, or Viking Raiders, however they want to be called. Um, Shayna Baszler is going to defend the women's title against Io Shirai, and the NXT championship is on line with Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole.
1: So, as far as um, I mean, the standouts uh, NXT. This is twenty-five. They called it right. Yes. So twenty-fifth, uh, uh, you know, takeover, so to speak. Uh, Adam Cole, I think, is going to take this one. Um, hopefully, they finally move Johnny up to the main roster with. Champa when he's back and healthy. Um, I wonder if they're going to release the title to Io Shirai, uh, or Shirai, however you pronounce it, with regards to maybe Shayna coming up because I mean they could use fresh blood into the women's pitcher at this point. And then the uh, the tag team war for the in a ladder match there to determine the new ones. I didn't realize how talented the Street Profits were until a couple of weeks ago when I was watching them. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the Street Profits go over in that match.
0: Yeah, I would go with the Forgotten Sons. Um, It's interesting, though, that this is happening because, um, well, we can go into more detail uh, next week's episode, but this is going to be an important one as it's the takeover before uh, Toronto uh, during SummerSlam weekend, which we're going to go to. So, Definitely something to look forward to as all NXT takeover events usually are. Um, and it's interesting that this is happening on a weekend that doesn't have a WWE pay per view to piggyback off of and compare to, so there's space in between. And so we'll run down that card fully with predictions next week, and then also the a couple days later on June 7th. Uh, Everybody, with the exception of Daniel Bryan, Aleister Black, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens, are going to Saudi Arabia, uh, and they're going to be at the King Abdullah International Stadium in Jeddah for Super Showdown 2019. That's scheduled to have a 50-man battle royal, Triple H versus Randy Orton, Goldberg versus Undertaker, Braun versus Uh, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor defending the Intercontinental title against Andrade, Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon, and Kofi Kingston against Dolph Ziggler, who attacked Kofi this past week. Um, So, any thoughts on the guys who don't want to go to Saudi Arabia for uh, Super Showdown, even though they're now announcing 50 people in a battle royal?
1: sorry learning this mic so the the mute button was on and i tried to talk but uh anyways um as far as these shows go i tend not to watch them um you know the main reasons being obvious obviously the the politics behind them i will catch the highlights i if there if there's a show that's or sorry not a show but if there's a match that i'm looking forward to um i will tend to you know pvr and then find that match um, but I mean, the last two shows, the The only thing that's really interested me is the participants in the Battle Royals. Um, you know, Jericho obviously was in the first one. Uh, I think Hornswoggle might have been in another one. The Great Kali I think, had made a comeback for one of them. Uh, so it is interesting to see some of these past names uh, come out. Um, but as far as the stance of Aleister Black, um, you know, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and um, uh, Daniel Bryan, um, you know, good for them for you know sticking to their grounds and saying i don't want to participate hopefully there's no repercussions um but uh, when you talk about somebody like alistair black what happens with somebody like Zelina vega you know how how far does that go does she go over there um well she won't be
0: allowed to because it's oh yeah so never mind yeah you're right it. about
1: that so it's one of those topics i i like to choose not to say anything about because i'm not really for these shows um It's it's tough knowing how much the WWE is actually worth, how much the payouts are for these shows, and how the WWE wouldn't put their foot down. Um, Yet Vince McMahon talks about all these All American values and stuff. So, anyways, it it is what it is. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen for the next ten years, I think it is. And um, you know, so all I can say is thank God for you know companies like AEW and Impact Wrestling and ROH New Japan. Uh, having alternatives to to uh, you know WWE and some of their their bad decisions, I guess.
0: Yeah, there's uh, even rumor that possibly for the uh, next Crown Jewel show, uh, which be I think November or whatever, that the Prince is trying to get uh, WWE to get Steve Austin to come back. Uh, my interesting uh, thought in this next one, though coming up on the seventh of June, is the fact that the fifty man Battle Royal. Is being listed as a battle royal, not a 50 man uh, royal rumble. So, how are they going to get 50 people all in that ring at one time? How are I they? Remember, augmenting Rules.
1: I was going to say. I remember watching WrestleMania two, and seeing guys like uh, Hillbilly Jim and the Refrigerator Perry, and and uh, you know Big John Studd and and uh, Andre the Giant in there, and and remember I I remember seeing how packed that ring was. And I was thinking the same thing when I was like, okay, Battle Royal. But then when I was thinking about 50 guys in the ring all at once, uh, I mean, I, I, unless they make the ring bigger, I just, I can't. I mean, it's it's going to be like, you know, sardines in a can. It's, uh, uh the visual image would, would be interesting.
0: The only other way they could do it is set up like World War III from WCW with uh, multiple rings and that crazy rules. But so we'll see how that, uh, plays out, whether you watch it or not on the WWE Network, or watch highlights on YouTube, to see what happens. It's going down on June 7th, and two days later, Undertaker is expected to be in Niagara Falls for two hours at the Niagara Falls Comic Con. Whether it happens or not, due to WWE pulling him lately from other uh, Comic Con events, or the fact that he'll potentially be jet-lagged, and aftermath of being against Goldberg. A lot of factors. I hope those who did buy tickets for Comic-Con in Niagara Falls do get to see him Uh, once-in-a-lifetime sort of deal since he is very elusive um, in being a meet-and-greet guy. So if you get a chance and he's there, take it and go to Niagara Falls Comic-Con to meet The Undertaker. But, uh, yeah, they seemed to be living in the past, the prince of uh, Saudi Arabia, and that's why he even wanted people like Yokozuna and The Ultimate Warrior to be brought in. And they threw enough money at Shawn Michaels to get him out of retirement for the last show.
1: And I just did it again. <laughs> i got to learn how to work this, mic, Anyways, um, I mean, yeah, and, and uh, just another black... Mark black guy to a company that's publicly traded. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Um, so one of the other big news that came out other than the fact that Brock Lesnar is back and now has the briefcase and can tease whoever he's going to challenge for Dolph Ziggler's back to try and take, I guess that uh, Kevin Owens place against Kofi, but Mick Foley introduced a brand new title which might be more of a rehash title without the hardcore name to it and taking away the violence, but it could just be a simple title that happens anywhere and everywhere. But the 24 seven title was announced your thoughts on 24 seven title.
1: You know, it's, it's funny. You talk about the hardcore championship and uh, the, they don't want to refer to it as, as any kind of, you know, anything to do with violence, the fact is, though, there's nothing stopping somebody from taking a kendo stick to somebody backstage or ringside or in the parking lot or in a Walmart or whatever the case may be. My biggest thing is who's eligible for this title? Because I tell you this, if, if anybody's eligible for this title, you're going to see, uh, see me doing a run-in at SummerSlam and get my ass kicked out of uh, Scotiabank Arena, but I'll be walking out of there the 24-7 champion. Um as far as the belt itself goes, it looks like junk. It looks like somebody picked it up at a yard sale and then shined it up and then like, okay, this is our newest championship. Um, you had mentioned in the, the the show we did previously with regards to Foley, tough spot he was put in to, uh, to announce this thing and then, you know, getting booed. I think the only pop he got was when he, I think he mentioned one of his cheap pop city pops. Um, but um, I don't mind the concept, but it's going to be a concept where people stick to the fact that, hey, this is who's eligible announcers can't win it referees can't win it um, you know uh, my case fans can't win it but um, uh, anyways it will be interesting to see where they go with this and it's uh, just another one of Vince McMahon's little you know um, you know toys of the month or toys of the week or whatever the kid, you know, the shiny new toy that he's just invented. And then all of a sudden next thing, you know, he's, he'll see something else. And the 24 seven will become nothing more than say the European title. You know, it's just uh, a good idea, bad idea. And, and, but as far as what's going on right now, definitely a bad idea.
0: Yeah. It's like a super ugly belt, uh, a joke in the way I said, it almost looked like a flavor, Flav, uh clock put on a, uh, leather strap fully unfortunately the announcement went over like a wet fart in church uh total booze to silence it comes off looking desperate just like the wild card situation uh wd isn't into the whole intergender uh wrestling but having these rules totally opens it up to being intergender because uh, i believe you mentioned you saw a video of uh kathy kelly searching for our truth to interview him, but had a referee in tow. We saw with the 24-7 rule of the hardcore title a uh, decade plus ago that somebody like Terry Reynolds and Molly Holly ended up winning that uh, title. And so it is, if the same rules apply, is going to be intergender, and they kind of have to figure out what they're officially actually doing with it. But, Yeah. Um, The only upside potential is the use of social media where maybe on YouTube or Facebook Live, uh, Instagram, Twitter, you got people searching for the champion like uh, Matt Hardy did, Kathy Kelly, uh, Drake Maverick, they were all searching for him on Tuesday, using it to actually uh, film a title defense or change depending on what they want to do but it can't be good for a month of entertainment and doing those spots and fail afterwards and be ignored this is going to have to be a ongoing concept for it to get over your thoughts on any of how it should be presented going forward
1: well first of all pull a medusa and toss that title in the trash that'd be a number one thought right there uh, number two is um, if you're going to if you if you're gonna market a title like this, at least stick to a format. So if you're gonna try to get this silly thing over, at least go and and um, you know make it consistent as far as when it's uh, when it's being defended. Um, you know if you're always doing if you're, if you're gonna do backstage stuff, then make it consistent and do the backstage stuff. Uh, the one thing that was interesting to me that I couldn't really figure out was Mick Foley talking about that third hour raw and then that's when the the highlights were going to happen or whatever the heck he said that to me is irrelevant it's like if it's 24-7 who cares about the third hour raw I mean basically you could be checking in a hotel at two o'clock in the morning and have somebody come out of nowhere that's the stuff that's going to make the teller relevant is like I said consistency but making it unique in the fact that it's it's fun you know have those moments in a Walmart or um, you know outside of a bathroom stall or whatever the case may be where all of a sudden you have no idea who the next champion is is going to be and they come out sneak attack win the title and then they take off and the chase is on again you know what i mean um if i don't know it's it's a comedy title it's nothing that should be major relevance to it and it's like you mentioned before with regards to terry uh winning this and uh, i think one of the godfathers hoes had won the the old hardcore title so as long as they don't make it a major title, it's 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 going to be buried in the background eventually anyways, but uh, at least have some fun with it right now. Yeah, it's something for uh, some of the guys like EC3 and all them that don't get
0: uh, normal things. No, they, they're going to have something to do. Um, I'm glad you actually brought that up about what McFoley said about the third hour. Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed when he said it's going to get back to raw and be dirty and everything. Um, they changed the lighting. There wasn't as uh, the red lights are, were turned off. It was more black and white, uh, more light on the ring. And I'm wondering if, at the same time, if you look at other cable companies or uh, networks, some of their more edgier shows are on after 9 o'clock or in this case, it could be 10 o'clock because they're steaming at the third hour. Uh, Could the WD be looking at turning off the lights, making it more how they do with the house shows, but at the same time, maybe being a TV-14 in the uh, the
1: third hour and still being PG from 8 till 10? No, I'll tell you this. As long as they're not going back to pillow fights, I'm okay with it i mean they they need change right now and if they're not going to end the brand split um i think uh you know it's it's basically throwing anything they can at the wall and seeing what sticks so i forgot about that i forgot about the I, I did notice the the whole image change of of raw and stuff but um you know who's to say that's gonna last as well here's the company you know vince McMahon had come out and said oh hey yeah no more general managers and the three McMahons are sitting in the ring and like, oh, we're going to give you what you want. And then sure enough, a week later, it's like back to Baron Corbin. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I have no faith in WWE right now. I mean, I say that I'm going to SummerSlam and NXT and everything there has to do with that. But uh, that's me being a wrestling fan. But as far as the product itself goes right now, it's, it needs a, a changeover.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, definitely some new uh, blood just kind of being more creative because somewhere along the line, whether it was the Attitude Era uh, or the ending of the uh, Monday Night Wars things changed drastically from planning around the pool with just (laughs) Pat Patterson, Vince McMahon and uh, Bruce Pritchard creating A year's worth of storylines to now everything being changed on the fly, even before, uh, like minutes before it goes out the curtain on a Monday night or Tuesday night. And that was not how WWE was ever booked before. And it's reminiscent of, unfortunately, how WCW was in their dying days. They need to maybe refocus and start going back to long term storybook planning. And I guess it kind of helps with Bruce being rehired. They have uh, newer people like Abyss, bringing in Shane Helms, who did uh, some good work with Impact. They got uh, Sanjay Dutt, you know, some experienced guys with uh, some creative interest. And there's no knock on uh, Arn Anderson, but he was there for a number of years, 17 years or so since WCW went down. You kind of need fresh minds and get rid of some of the soap opera uh, writers that know nothing about sports entertainment. And maybe, D- e- maybe AEW and their presentation—what we see this weekend—will spark some sort of creative uh, flow for WWE. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, it's everybody goes and picks on the hollywood writers so to speak or the comedy writers or it's funny when somebody gets hired by the wb and they get this list of credentials it's like oh this guy worked on um you know home and in- uh, home improvement or saturday night live or whatever the case may be and it's like okay that's great but how do they transition to wrestling and some of them do but then some of the guys who have been around for a while in the wrestling business have no idea how to book uh, Ole Anderson's one of those guys, you know. What I mean, people hated that, uh, that uh, time. Uh, Jim Hurd, who was uh, apparently in charge of WCW at one point, he knew nothing about the business. Um, he worked for Domino's, yeah. And uh, but in saying that as well, there are times where all of a sudden you know, you have um, you know, somebody who's gifted who will throw all their ideas at Vince McMahon or Triple H. Be have those ideas accepted, and next thing you know, at showtime they get yanked. Everything gets re- uh, rewritten, and they feel like basically they're they're getting paid to be useless. And uh, case in point, there was a guy who quit, I think, right on the day of WrestleMania or the the Hall of Fame ceremony in between those two days, Um, you know, and told Vince McMahon he goes, "Remember this moment." And then there was uh, the Road Dog who stepped down because of the fact he was pitching ideas, and Vince McMahon kept uh, changing everything up. So. It's here, you know. He had this young rookie guy who quit, and somebody who had been in the business and families has been in the business forever. Who just said, you know, hey, enough's enough. I wanna, I wanna step down. So, it's, uh, it's again, it's WWE. It's, it is what it is right now.
0: Yeah, and a lot of fans were also blaming Road Dog for the failings of what was going on with SmackDown, and you know, at the end of the day, it's Vince McMahon who says yes or no. You can have all the uh, ideas you want and they're not going to get used because as much as there's millions of people watching, regardless of what the ratings say and the numbers going down, but it's an audience of one, you got entertain Mystic man. And if he's not entertained, then it doesn't matter. And unfortunately he's nearing 75 years old. And the thoughts of a 75 year old man compared to, a 35-year-old man or even the 18 year olds is totally different.
1: Yeah, as much as people have in the past said that Vince McMahon is a genius, uh, they've also got to recall some of his uh, – you know, some of the dumbest ideas he's ever had. And um, I was listening to a show just recently, and they're talking about some of the gimmicks that they had in the, the mid-'90s. Uh, guys like the goon or, you know um, – uh, T.L. Hopper or Bastion Booger, you know, rest in peace um, but um, again, it's like you just said, everything goes through one guy in the very end, so it's like somebody can pitch these ideas um, even the story of uh, uh, oh, what's his name there? Um, Puke um, Darren Drozdov? Yes uh, the, I forget where it was uh, it might have been, oh, I, I, you know what I think it was the, the, the movie uh, Beyond the Mat and they're showing Puke's uh, Darren Drasoff's addition and how he got the part, and McMahon was like right there, che- you know, cheering him on as he's you know throwing up into a garbage bin. But that's his mentality. And some of the stories you read about this guy is like he's at the office until eight o'clock on a Friday night. He's, you know, a lot of times there till three o'clock in the morning, you know, at the office because he's brainstorming. He's a guy who never sleeps, always works out, blah 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 blah. And you know, it, he's a in shape guy for seventy years old or whatever the case may be, but what's his legacy is 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 it what he's leaving behind right now or is it what he created 30 plus years ago and right now to me as a wrestling fan, he's destroying what he built and he's becoming a a senile old man who doesn't get what fans want in 2019 and unfortunately what you see right now is going to continuously diminish uh to the point that he's either going to be forced out or you're going to see the company sold to somebody else you know so it's it's uh i don't know the next five years for WWE is going to be very interesting
0: yeah, I would agree. Like, Unfortunately, um, his legacy is going. Uh, he's going to die at the gorilla position at the rate he's going. He's not going to go off and into the sunset. And those claims of him wanting to be more focused on the XFL when it comes up, that's all good and well, but I don't see him letting go of the WWE either. And so... Hopefully they can find a balance and keep things going in a good direction and maybe a good spark in kicking the ass from somebody else to acknowledge that, okay, what we're doing isn't working. And, yeah, I'm a lifer, WWE guy, but even some of the stuff going on right now, I can shake my head. Like, clearly Baron Corbin is not getting over, yet he's being shoved down our throat to the point where it's go away heat and turn the channel heat and not necessarily against the man himself. It's about the presentation. So one can only hope that things improve for WWE. Um, A lot of things, as you said, being thrown against the wall, see what sticks, but hopefully it doesn't come off as too terribly desperate and fans start being listened to. So that's going to, uh, I guess, conclude this week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I want to thank you for being a part of it. Uh, We looked at everything going on with AEW and Starcast this week, remembering Owen Hart, looking at uh, the upcoming stuff with Smash Wrestling. Be a part of the charity events we're a part of. Get your tickets and uh, come join us in either Dresden or at Motcom Secondary School help out the Dresden hockey team and also Ethan in his uh, fight for cancer. Chris, thank you for being a part of it. Where can people reach out to you and find you on the sharpshooter?
1: They can reach me at uh, the sharpshooter.ca, which uh, gives you pretty much links to everywhere else. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. Um, as well as the sharpshooterpodcast.ca, that is the official podcast of the sharpshooter website. Um, looking to build bigger and better things, uh, expanding uh, our brands, so to speak. Uh, try to get into the 2019 market to see what people are doing and to try to you know, see what we can do to get more exposure for, for both of our brands out there. So, it's um, like I said, it's going to be trial and error, but um, it's something that I wouldn't mind getting to the point that by SummerSlam, we've got things you know completely perfect i know myself i've tried twitch uh you know just uh i wasn't a big fan of it and then uh you know trying this google hangouts thing tonight is is pretty cool um i looked and apparently we can go for eight hours live uh so it's uh not saying that we ever will or come close to it unless we're watching wrestlemania and doing like a a live kind of feed about the show we're watching. But um I think it'll be cool because we can well, with hangouts anyways, we can now do on the spot interviews. You know, we can bring the interviews to you live. So with stuff like uh Super Showdown coming up or the, you know, the Northern tournaments or SummerSlam Weekend or any of the shows I'm going to or any of the shows that Sean's going to, uh, you know, it's it's just more content for wrestling fans out there to uh to see. And it's uh, you know, it's uh, everybody can talk about WWE and AEW and everything else, but it's uh to me, it's the Canadian, the repentant wrestling scene, and it's like the work that you had done, Sean, with the, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tyson's Wrestling School, um, you know, getting their names out there, and, and I know who they are because you were talking about them, and now a lot of people know who they are because of stuff like that, and I think getting, you know, our brands out there is important, but I think getting the exposure on these guys before we're watching them for you know, $9.99 a month, or in the case of AEW, I think it's, what, 40, 40 bucks or 50 bucks or something like that for the pay-per-view coming up?
0: Yeah, I think it's about
1: $50. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's going to be well worth it. And um, if you're looking for package deals and stuff like that, I think some of the, uh, the scumbags have posted it on Sean's group. So um, I know if you're looking to watch StarCast as well as uh, uh, Double or Nothing, uh, check out uh, the Scumbags of Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, for promotion codes and stuff like that, but it's uh, going to be a heavy weekend, and it's uh, it's only May.
0: Yeah, uh, great summer coming up. Let's uh, once, once again thank you for being on here. People can uh, get in touch with us at the Facebook page, Scumbags Wrestling. We have Twitter and email at scumbagswrestling at gmail dot com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, whether it's now here on uh, YouTube and Hangouts. Or our regular uh, versions being on uh, Spotify, PodCoin, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. I think I mentioned Spotify twice. Um, Anyways, and there's a whole bunch more. I'm working on getting on uh, iHeartRadio. Hopefully announcement very soon on that one. They say about two weeks. We're getting close to that. And yeah, share this with your friends support independent wrestling and support some local charities wherever you get it. And so until next time, thank you for being with us and we'll be back next week with breakdown of uh, double or nothing, the London show coming up and also the Northern plus uh, whatever else comes up over the week with WDE news. So until then, thank you and we'll see you next time.
1: Yo, this is Tarek. Listening, to scumbags of wrestling, punch, kick, chop, done.
0: Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd, full of scumbags from last night.